It's game day. And this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a big afternoon in the top two divisions in Scotland. Fresh from the news of Peter Lowell's retirement, Celtic host St Mirren in the east end of Glasgow. Livy Aberdeen, Dundee United Hibs and Livy St Johnston makes up your top flight offering. Rangers wait until midweek, but will they be without Alfredo Morelos? Mark Wilson, Gordon DL and Alex Ray are here. Well done for spotting the mistake because obviously Kilmarnock play St Johnston. Um, Mark Wilson, but lots happening this afternoon. Yeah, not quite a full car but still plenty of interesting games obviously at Celtic Park Celtic have the chance to tick off one of those games in hand and get cut the lead to 20 points St Mirren will be no rollovers though coming off the back of five goals at Tannadice and across the country Dundee United Hibs Hibs looking to bounce back to winning ways St Johnson can they keep their form up against an out of form Kilmarnock and Livy Aberdeen can the fairy tale for David Martindale continue if he manages to turn over Aberdeen it will be an Incredible start to his managerial career Yeah it's been an interesting week so far Gordon I'm sure we'll get to that later on the show uh, Today's games I think there's some cracking games ahead uh, Some important games You know Celtic want to keep going and winning ways Obviously this is a, one of the games in hand uh, Close that gap to 20 Still too far uh, You've got Dundee and 80 Tibbs I think that'll be a really good game Hibs try to get into third place With Livingston and Aberdeen Aberdeen going to a Inform Livingston Can they keep this run going And then obviously I think a massive game Commanding St Johnston Down there They're now really in relegation trouble Yeah it's an opportunity for Celtic To claw back the three points As the guy said And uh, take it to 20 Gordon The game of the day For me is Livingston versus Aberdeen You know Living such a good run Under David Martindale And then you've got a good game Up at Tannadice Where Hibs Who have been on a poor run of late Needs to try and get up to up and running and then you've got the game of the day in the championship will most certainly be Hearts versus Dunfermline. Yes, lots to get through on a Saturday afternoon, so strap yourselves in. You can contact us all afternoon on Twitter. We'll open the lines a bit later on as well, so you can have your say on the phones. We'll have the usual teasers, predictions, nonsense, everything else that comes with a Saturday afternoon. It's pretty tough times, can't really go anywhere, can't really do anything. So sit back and we'll try our best to keep you company between now and six o'clock. Let's start by going around the grounds then. The obvious place to begin, the east end of Glasgow for Celtic against St Mirren. Jim Duffy's there, Alison Conroy has the teams. Good afternoon from Celtic Park. Yep, Celtic against St Mirren this afternoon. It's an unchanged Celtic side for this one from that win against Hamilton in midweek. Four changes for St Mirren after their 5-1 win at Dundee United on Wednesday night. So for Celtic, it will be Scott Bain in goal, a back four of Chris Iyer, Near Beaton, Shane Duffy and Greg Taylor. Your midfield four will be Callum McGregor as Myla Sorrow, David Turnbull and Mohamed Elunusi. Up top for Celtic today, Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward. On the bench, Barkas, Ayeti, Klamala, Christie, Rogic, Johnson, Ralston, Welsh and Laxalt. For St Mirren, Jack Annex in goal, a back three of Marcus Fraser, Connor McCarthy and Joe Shocknessy. The midfield five will be Dylan Connolly, Cameron Ferson, Jamie McGrath, Ilke Dermas and Ethan Erehon with Cal McAllister just in behind the lone striker of Christian Dennis. On the bench, Linus, Finlayson, Tate, Flynn, Doyle Hayes, Henderson, Jameson, Obika and Brophy. Your referee for this one is Bobby Madden. Jim Duffy, we look at the Celtic team unchanged from Wednesday night probably no surprises in that given it was their first win of 2021 
Yeah, and Neil Lennon seemed to be quite pleased by, uh, you know, the performance. I, I know that uh, they were expected to win against Hamilton and 2 nothing was a relatively comfortable. And I know they did carve open a few chances, but he thought that the, the team played well and, and, and should have scored more goals. So he's went with the same again. Uh, you know, it, they've been looking for a bit of consistency. Obviously, they, they, they maybe uh, you know he stuck with this diamond um, over over the last uh, mm -hmm. couple of months, and uh, you know they, they are certainly dominating the ball. There's no doubt about that. But just uh, you know, getting the, the both strikers on the score sheet, I think uh, in midweek, I think will be a big boost. Doesn't matter how good a player you are, if you're a striker and, and Daz and that in the, in the studio will know that. You know, you want to be fan and also you want to be hitting the back of the net. And with Griffiths and Edward scoring goals, um, they, they'll look to build on that today. Um, St Mirren, I think, uh, you know, as, as Alan said, a fantastic performance mm -hmm. uh, against Dundee United, and uh, I think they'll match up in midfield. I think that they'll, they, you know, they'll they'll drop one in, one of the strikers onto Sorrow, and then the other three will match up uh, against Celtic's three, and then that gives them a little bit of, of cover at the back with the three central defenders today. So Jim, Jim Goodwin's changed it tactically, uh, and be interesting to see. But um, listen, they, they, again, another team who are having a good season. And uh, you know they've added goals to the the you know their organisation. So uh, yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be a, a difficult game for Celtic today. So it is an unchanged Celtic starting eleven for this one, Gordon. Four changes for St Mirren. Not sure we'll have said that too often this season, Jim. That it's an unchanged Celtic side. It's, there's been a, a certain level of uncertainty and upheaval at times in the team. Does that paint a bit of a picture as to what Neil Lennon's going to try and do between now and the end of the season? Most people accept the league. Is over the fact that we're not even out of January and we're talking about Celtic having a game in hand to cut the gap to twenty points is is incredible. So is is that what it is now? Just trying to find some sort of consistency, maybe with an eye to to the future, if possible. Uh, it's a difficult one, um, Gordon, because obviously with Peter Lawwell leaving and, and uh, you know going to be leaving in the summer, obviously you don't know if that's that's going to be uh, you know uh, the start of a, a succession of changes, uh, you know overall changes at Celtic. You just don't know that. But on on the pitch, uh, I think Neil Lennon has been searching for consistency. I mean, there has been moments this this season where they've looked very very good. Uh, but they just can't seem to sustain it, and, and haven't. And that's the reason why, as you said, that statement of <laughs> trying to cut the gap to 20 points—it's still January, you know—and and it's uh, you know it's, it's an unbelievable um, you know statement that you know to, to try and cut it to 20 at this stage. Um, you know, everyone thought there'd be a lot, lot closer um, between uh, Celtic and Rangers, but that's not been the case. Largely down to Rangers' form, which has been exceptional, but. Um, you know, listen. It's, it's, he's went with the same same side, same system. Uh, I think there'll be the odd tweak here and there as, as games uh, go on, because obviously I've got another midweek game. I think on Tuesday, so you, you, I think it will change it. You know, just to freshen things up. But uh, at the moment, it seems to be. I think the system will change. Stay the same. I think he'll stick with the diamond, uh, and obviously it gives him the opportunity with the diamond to get the two strikers as well up top, uh, Edwards and Griffiths. And I think that is something that um, has been important um, to try and get an established partnership there. And those two players seem to really enjoy playing with each other, and I think that's one of one of the very few. Um, bonus points that the Celtic have had this season that if you can get those two on the pitch playing together on a regular basis they, they are they, a, a top class pairing Mark Wilson as advertised by Neil Lennon during the week Scott Bain is now Celtic's number one this is a 10th start of the season for him Barkas has played 20 Hazard has played 7 it's been an issue that has rumbled on and on since the beginning of the season and now it's Scott Bain's yeah, it's been a strange one And we touched on it on Thursday night um, I can't remember a, a team going through a season 
rotating their goalkeepers as much as Celtic without any of them having a real serious injury or missing uh, a real, uh, you know, a great length of time out. Scott Bain has now found himself in the number one position and you would think, you would think that that would continue until the end of the season. It looks like the writing is on the wall for Barkas. I would find it incredibly difficult to believe that he will find his way back into the team no matter how well he does in training. It's up to Scott Bain now and if you're looking at the future you would say that that's one of the first positions next season Celtic will look to address early on. Okay, let's go around the rest of the grounds and get your team news unchanged for Celtic. Some interesting selections from Jim Goodwin as well. Where else will we go next? What about Livy Aberdeen? David Martindale is the man of the moment. One of the most talked about guys in Scottish football. So we sent the second most talked about guy in Scottish football, Fraser Wishart, to look ahead to that one. They say there's only one thing worse than being talked about That's not being talked about, Gordon And I'm sure Davy Martindale will actually be looking for a spell Where nobody's talking about his past But uh, he wants people to talk about this brilliant run that he's been on I mean, the fixture's been cancelled a couple of times And the, the snow that was cleared from the Celtic fixture during the week Is still round here And I don't think it's going anywhere soon Becoming a, a fixture But the game goes ahead, pitch looking fine And this Livingston bandwagon, as you said, Gordon Just continues to, to roll on We all know the stats 12 games unbeaten, 9 in the league 10 wins, 2 draws against the Celtic and they'll fancy their chances today. The players will be at a point where they'll be full of confidence and they'll really expect to win games just turning up to get the three points. This is first of a double header. They play Petodre on Tuesday. And if they win today, they'll really be putting themselves in the picture for maybe even finishing third. That's how remarkable their run's been. I wouldn't be only five points behind the Dons, maybe only a couple of points behind Hibs, depending on their results. So a huge few days ahead for both teams. David Martindale just still to taste defeat as a boss. We'll just keep it going. Keep it nice and simple. His team talk will be simple. Just keep the momentum going. But Dead McInnes, perhaps with the, the problems to look at, to be looking for a better performance from his team. The draw against St Johnson during the week was, by all reports, very, very poor performance. Only two wins in the last seven. Scoring goals being a problem, and they might get good money for Sam Cosgrove over this weekend. The downside is, of course, needs to find somebody else to step up and start scoring. There's no Cosgrove today, there's no Curtis Main either. He's injured, so it's up front. It'll be Conor McLennan, supported by Ryan Hedges and Matty Kennedy. They'll need to step up today. And Derek knows how tough this game will be if his team are not up for it then Libby will just roll them over. He'll also, they're a far better team, Libby, than they're giving credit for. So Derek has to find a way of beating this Livingston team before he might be busy over the weekend trying to get a replacement for Sam Cosgrove if he goes. Three changes for Livingston from the win against Kelly during the week. Ambrose, Robinson, Serrano were in. Forrest, Fitzwater and Riley stepped down. It's a 3-5-2 formation. Max Stryak's in goals. Effie Ambrose, John Guthrie and Kieran Brown at the back. Nicky Devlin, Jason Holt, Marvin Bartley, Craig Sibbald and Julian Serrano in midfield with Scott Pittman, the player closest to the strike. Scott Robinson Robbie McCrory Jack McMillan Jackson Longridge Steve Lawson Josh Mullen Alan Forrest Jay's Caballa J. Emmanuel Thomas and Gavin Riley are the subs two changes for Aberdeen Cosgrove obviously is out as is Scott Wright he drops to the bench McLennan and Lee come in 3-4-3 for them Joe Lewis in goals back three Tommy Hoban Ash Taylor and Andy Considine Johnny Hayes Ross McCrory Lewis Ferguson and Greg Lee across the middle Ryan Hedges and Matty Kennedy wide and Conor McLennan is the man that takes Cosgrove's place as the lone striker Gary Woods Shea Logan Niall McGinn Dylan McGeoch Dean Campbell Scott Wright Miko Vitterin and Kieran Nguenwa are the substitutes and the referee today at the Tony Macaroni Stadium is Stephen McLean We always like to look at who's playing Fraser but I wonder at this time in the transfer window it's more interesting to look at who's not playing so there's no cat Sam Cosgrove today is that the last time 
Or have we seen him For the last time In an Aberdeen shirt uh, Scott Wright Well he's, he's on the bench today To be fair Is there something That can be done To accelerate his move To Rangers And we'll get to that With other teams as well But there's a an interesting look At that Aberdeen team This afternoon yeah, I mean, Derek McInnes a couple of weeks ago was uh, saying that he's not going to be bringing any players in. You know, they, they don't have the money just now and we know the financial problems that all the clubs are facing, the challenges with no supporters in the ground. So Derek quite rightly was saying, listen, we've not got the money just now. But Sam Cosgrove, it sounds as if he will go. I'm told he's down in Birmingham doing his medical. And if that goes all clear, then anything north of couple of million I think is a terrific deal because over this season he was injured right at the very start of the season he's missed most of the season but he's not really been in top form uh, in 2020 you know so I think getting a couple of million plus for Sam Cosgrove in this environment because the English clubs as well have got less money to spend I think uh, represents a good deal but the problem for Derek is of course the transfer window closes in two days so he's then got to go back to his contacts and talk of Fraser Hornby Callum Hendry bringing players on loan he might need a couple of players in because Curtis Main is out as well and that's the main area for, for Aberdeen but Derek's got a lot of contacts down south and I'm sure he'll try and maybe just bring somebody in on loan but yet again you know, you're know, right at the end of the window trying to just get your, yourself somebody to come in the door and try and score goals because that's been the real problem for Aberdeen this season with even Cosgrove playing he's not scored that many Yeah another game which is going to be interesting to look at who's not there and will they, will they be there in the future is going to be Dundee United against Hibs particularly uh, for the visitors but Dave Galloway has the teams Oh, no he doesn't We'll get Dave Galloway Set up in a minute He must have Disappeared The wonders of modern technology Let's go to the championship then Our featured match This afternoon is Hartston Fernland Let's bring in Roger Hanna Yeah and hard start The day Gordon Nine points clear At the top of this Championship table That of course Would extend into Double figures With a win Over the second place Pass here this afternoon Fraser Whistle Watched them lose 3-2 at home to Wraith Rovers. That was a great tip by the Dazzler last Saturday. But they avenged that defeat in style. 4-0 win at Kirkcaldy on Tuesday night. The new centre-forward Armand Nanjuli, who will now be known simply, Gordon, as Big Armand, scored he scored two goals off the bench in his debut, but he's still on the bench this afternoon. And that just shows you the strength of Robbie Nielsen's squad. I remember Fraser saying last Saturday, seven internationals in the starting lineup. There's six internationals in the starting lineup today. And they'll be looking to, you know, avenge a defeat to another opponent from Fife. You know, they lost 2-1 up at Dunfermline in East End Park last November, live in the telly. I was at East End Park for Super Scoreboard seven days ago as Stevie Crawford said drew 0-0 with air. Um, uh, this is an, an ominous record, but I've seen Dunfermline three times this season, Gordon, and all three occasions it's been 0-0. Um, that one last week was one of six draws in the last eight games. They've only conceded one goal in the last four, and they do look defensively strong in front of Owen Fawn Williams in goal. The problem Stevie Crawford's men have is actually scoring at the other end, and they've got a horrible record here in Gorgie they've been here 27 times without success since Jim Leachman orchestrated a 2-0 win in February 1990 with goals from Ross Jack and George O'Boyle so that just shows you the, the type of issue they've got today, I'll give you that Hearts team Craig Gordon is out warming up in front of us just now he's in goal, there's a back four of Michael Smith Craig Halkett, Mihai Papescu and Stephen Kingsley, then it's Andy Irvin and our own Andy Halliday and Ewan Henderson, Stephen A. Smith and Gary Mackay Stephen are behind Liam Boyce on the bench, it's Stuart, White Herring, Berra, Walker, Freer and Big Armand and for Dunfermline Fon Williams in goal, it's the same back four as last week against Ayr, it's Aaron Comrie, Paul Watson, 
Ewan Murray and Josh Edwards. The Young Rangers lone E. Lewis Mayo is added to the midfield alongside Stephen Whittaker in there in a 4-2-3-1. At Lenby, Ryan Dow, Fraser Murray and Ian Wilson behind the lone striker Declan McManus. On the bench, it's Gil, McDonald, O'Hara, McCann, McEnroy, Banks and Todd. The referee is Willie Collum and he'll be hoping Robbie Nielsen's in better behaviour than he was seven days ago. He, of course, landed an SFA charge yesterday for his fallout with last weekend's ref, John Beaton. Uh, thank you to Roger Hanna Our featured championship match Still struggling to speak to Dave Galloway But the Hibs line up People are already looking at the bench And seeing Porteous on the bench Nisbet on the bench Is this a clue that they're not going to be here any longer? Or does Jack Ross just want to mix up his team? I'm sure there's a, a an innocent explanation possible as well Marciano, McGinn, McGregor, Hanlon, Cadden, Gogic, Irvin, Doig, Boyle, Doidge and Murphy And like we said The likes of Nisbet and Porteous on the bench in that one um, After a, an incident-packed game against Rangers midweek Dundee United are the visitors though today Seagrist, Smith, Connolly, Reynolds McNulty, Clark, Robson, Butcher, Bolton Shankland and Fuchs Dundee United against Hibs Sorry, at Tannadice My apologies Right, uh, at this time on a Saturday afternoon We usually uh, get all the guys involved We look back on some of the week's biggest stories But we've got coffee wars first that we need to clear up in the studio There's coffee wars going on in the studio High drama Ridiculous. Honestly He phones me this morning and Tells me to bring in This coffee that he likes Particular brand So I said Okay Went to the shop Got him <laughs> it I said It's your turn to make it He makes it It is the lumpiest drink You'll ever drink so in your life So he's done, he's done he you, He's done that thing He's deliberately made it bad So that you don't ask him to make it no, again I, I, think, I think that's a wee bit unfair Gordon I, I, it's, it's, it's full of lumps He's just shown me it. Mine's, it's is, mine's is okay Exactly Mine's is okay uh, I just think of, he, he dipped a, a, a chocolate finger in it I hope so, it's the milk you've no So obviously that's uh, a problem with his own coffee Not mine you, Too busy arguing It made me forget about poor Andrew McLean Who's at Kilmarnock against St Johnston Let's get the teams there yeah, well, I thought that because I dropped behind a championship game there that you weren't too excited about this game, but the fact that you forgot about it completely made Altogether. me think that, mm, well, can't be, can't be too excited. But uh, yeah, Kilmarnock have suffered another coronavirus issue in the lead-up to this game, but it shouldn't be, uh, you know, it shouldn't cause the same type of issues as, as the last time. Two players have tested positive, they're self-isolating, everyone else has returned negative tests, and the relevant authorities are happy that the correct protocols have been followed. So full focus on the football. Alex Dyer still feeling a bit of heat from Kilmarnock supporters, just two wins in 10, 5 points off the bottom they're not scoring many goals, not keeping many clean sheets either, and with those two late goals they let in to lose to Livingston midweek I think Alex Dyer may be trying to get a reaction from his players after that by suggesting that it was bad play instead of bad luck that cost them that night, as for St Johnston unbeaten in 6, they've made it to a League Cup final of course in that run as well but they need to start turning draws into wins if they want to really kick on and push up that table but it is interesting to see what a cup run and what fans sort of opinion on your style of play can, can do for a club because it Johnson have actually played a game more than Kilmarnock are on the same number of points, have scored less, conceded more, yet there's a lot more positivity surrounding the Saints than there is for the home side. As for team news, three changes for Kilmarnock, out go McGowan, Finlay and Pinnock, in come Dickamona, McKenzie and Kabamba. A 4-4-2 for them today, Danny Rogers starts in goal, the back four Ross Millen, Clevid Dickamona, Zeno Rossi and Brandon Hodstrup. The midfield four, Chris Burke, Alan Power, Aaron Tishbola and Rory McKenzie with George Oakley and Nicky Kabamba up top. The substitutes Doyle, McGowan, Brindley, Taylor, Dicker, Dabo, Pinnock and Whitehall. 
as for St Johnston three changes for them Bryson, Conway and O'Halloran all drop out in come McCann, Wotherspoon and Melamed so it's a 3-5-2 for them Xander Clark starts in goal the back three Jason Kerr Liam Gordon and Jamie McCart it's then a midfield five of Sean Rooney Ali McCann Murray Davidson David Wotherspoon and Scott Tanzer and up top it's Guy Melamed and Chris Kane the substitutes Parrish, Booth, Brown, Craig Bryson, Middleton, May, O'Halloran and Conway and the referee here at the BPSP Stadium is Greg Aitken It's been another busy week in Scottish football we'll get all the guys involved and look back at some of the biggest stories over the last seven days coming next Scottish football's league leader this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Big games in the Premiership this afternoon Celtic St Mirren, Kelly St Johnston, Livy Aberdeen, Dundee United Hibs Our featured Championship matches Hearts Dunfermline at the moment as well But at this time on a Saturday we always get all the guys involved We take a look back at some of the week's biggest talking points uh, And in many ways Roger Hanna we, we saved it all for, for yesterday Or we saved a lot of it for yesterday Some big events in Scottish football It kicked off very very early in the morning maybe not ideal for newspaper men like yourself but the news that Peter Lawwell will step down as Celtic's chief executive at the end of the season after 17 years at the club yeah newspaper men certainly don't like getting rolled out of their bed at 7.15am to deal with a story Gordon I can, I can guarantee you that you're quite right um, I listened to the show last night and I heard you and Jim discussing Peter Lawwell's legacy for the club and I just go back to a couple of things when Peter Lawwell came in the door in 2003 um, Celtic didn't really have a great record of chief executives a few had come and gone and not really been wholly successful and I think if you'd said to Celtic fans then the next chief executive is going to have 17 years with the club and during those 17 years the club's going to win 29 trophies it's going to get to the last 16 of the Champions League three times um, you're going to bring in, develop and sell some outstanding footballers. Um, the club's off-field performance is going to go through the roof and the infrastructure at the club is going to improve beyond all recognition. I think most Celtic fans are signed up for all of that. Now, everybody tends to deal in the here and now and that's fair enough. And the here and now for Celtic is dreadful. It's been a horrible season, topped off by the debacle in Dubai. Um, and everyone is getting it in the neck from Peter Lawwell through Neil Lennon down to the players and everyone else but I think when people step back and the season's finished maybe there comes a time when Celtic are doing better on the field again I think people will look back and reflect that Peter Lawwell leaves a very positive legacy at the football club Fraser Wisher, when you're in a sort of managerial role or a role as high profile as that it is human nature, it is understandable that people might want to focus on the way you left the club or the, or the way you left things, what you left behind rather than th- that overall picture and I wonder if that's maybe why the calls last night were a bit of a mixed bag many people making the same point as Roger but many others um, not being quite as complimentary Yeah, I think Peter Lobby will be judged in, in time I don't think that just now his, uh, his legacy goes down but the Celtic fans care too much about what happened a number of years ago and all this, the points that Roger made are absolutely valid but uh, Celtic supporters were wanting they were desperate for this 10 in a row and this season it's, it's, it's all been done and dusted by the early part of January virtually so results have dropped off in recent years in Europe as well and there's been questions over the signing policy in recent years as well but over the piece uh, I think the fact that we're actually talking about a chief 
executive on this show just shows you, you know, the impact and, and the, the, the size of the figure of Peter Lawwell across Celtic and across Scottish football. Because let's be honest, he's had a huge um, influence in the running of Scottish football as well. He's placed Celtic right at the centre of things in Scotland and, and abroad as well. And, and overall, whether you love him or loathe him, his record is terrific in terms of, of, of the, the success on the field of play under his under his tutelage. But at the moment, Celtic supporters just don't want to hear that. They just want to look at the last six months and what has actually happened. And I'm sure for Peter Lawwell, it would be in his mind to maybe leave in the summertime anyway, but I'm sure he thought it was going to be in front of a, a packed Celtic park, it was going to be with 10 in a row, and all of a sudden it's COVID and it's all the issues around that. And then it's the, the collapse of the team this year and Rangers being so strong, which is often forgotten about when we talk about how, how bad the season's been for Celtic. And, and at the end at the end of the season, it might be he leaves without uh, uh, you know even saying goodbye to supporters you know, who've been there. So it's a real strange time for, for Scottish football. But the, Dominic Mackay, from, from, I don't know him, but speaking to people yesterday, you know I think he's a smooth operator. I think he's a, he's a, he's a diplomat. I think he's a straight operator as well. How will he fit in? Will he bring in a director of football? Will he bring in a head coach? Will Dominic just take charge of, of the, 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 the sort of commercial side and the business side and have less of an impact as Peter Lawwell had? He was very much involved in the football side. So fascinating times ahead for Celtic. But Peter Lawwell, I think in time, Celtic supporters will look back and see he was very good for the club. Roger Hanna, what do you know about Dominic Mackay and what do you think of Fraser's suggestions about potential restructuring or, or a certain different direction? Yeah, I think there's every chance that that will take place in the coming weeks and months. Um, I met Dominic Mackay two or three times, just at the time that the SRU were trying to convince the SFA to take Scotland games through to Murrayfield, if you like. It was a time when Hamden's future very much hung in the balance and um, there was a genuine chance that the SFA were going to throw their lot in with Scottish rugby and take the, the national football team to the home of national rugby. Um, he is... Very highly rated through there. Um, he has almost doubled revenue streams in the SRU in his time as Chief Operating Officer. Um, but his areas of expertise, as Fraser suggested, are very much corporate, they're very much business-minded. Um, I wouldn't say you know, he had a, an enormous influence on the field at all in the Scotland rugby team's performances or the performances of the Glasgow Warriors or the Edinburgh team. So I would expect there will be a structural change, I would suspect... A director of football would come in. Um, how that will impact in Nick Hammond's future, I don't know. And I would suspect there will be changes right through the football department. Over the last 30 hours or so, Mark, there's been a lot of analysis of what were the good things Peter Lawwell did, what were the bad things Peter Lawwell did as the man who sanctioned your signing and sanctioned your release. Uh, I'll leave it to the audience to decide what falls into what category. Um, but what, what sort of first-hand experience did you have and what did you make of that news? Um, listen, I wasn't surprised at the news. I, I think this was something in the making for a long time and I think uh, one of the guys says that, they are, uh, that he probably envisaged it to go out at 10 in their own front of a, a packed stadium. Um, I think he's done an exceptional job for Celtic and I understand that the Celtic fans just concentrate on the here and now and losing 10 in a row is the be all and end all but I think you have to look at the full picture uh, when Peter uh, went into his role and what he brought I mean I went there in 2006 and to be honest we had a we had an average team compared to what went before um, in the lead up to the Seville team and he sanctioned a lot of the moves and, you know, he, he had a structure in place. I always remember when I went in and I was negotiating my deal, there was a certain pay structure in place right away that we were made aware of. And the success that he brought in that time was incredible. You know, the, you, you just look at the, the amount of league titles he sat in, the amount of three times in the last 16 of the Champions League, it's huge. 
and people say, well, he didn't, he didn't spend enough to keep up with the European big guns. But when you look back at the time and the signings he brought in that he did sanction, I, I mean, you box office stuff. Tommy Gravison, you know, like him or loathe him for what he did in the pitch. Box office from Real Madrid, Robbie Keane, and others followed that Peter, you know, pushed the boat out to get. Um, I think he's had incredible success. Um, I think it is the time to go. I do think the club needs a, a, a change um, from top to bottom, but I don't think w- the success that Peter Lowell has had should be quickly forgot about by the Celtic fans. Easy for you or anyone else to say, though, but l- looking at some of the reaction, how do you think it will be going forward? How, how much will, right now, the 10 in a row season, Dubai, all the rest of it, how much will that be remembered? It will be remembered because he, he obviously there is a large element of the sport saying that he sat for one season too long or he should have been away before and if there was someone else in place then Celtic would have structured the full club differently they would have ran away from Rangers when they had them at arm's length and maybe that would have been the case but maybe it wouldn't have you know we never know what that situation would have looked like there would have been others if he left at the start of this season and had it gone pear-shaped he would have got the blame for that so I do think there was an element that he couldn't win either way had he left before this season he, he quite could have been blamed for jumping ship at the wrong time he sat on he tried to, I'm sure, do his best for the club, but the fans obviously don't see that because all that matters is this ten in a row. And I, I think that's I do think that's a shame, but that's that's the world of football we're in. When it doesn't go right, the men at the top get the blame. And I think it will be sad that Pierre Lowell goes with a lot of resentment from the Celtic fans. Usually we pick one obvious big story and stick to it at this portion of the show, but it was such a busy day yesterday and last night's show reflected it. Alex Ray, the thing that Really added to that um, Was the decision from the Scottish FA To give Alfredo Morelos uh, A notice of complaint For that alleged stamp on Ryan Portis That in itself But probably combined with The failure to do the same For Darren McGregor Yeah absolutely Gordon I I haven't seen the incident uh, live Uh, I thought it would be a retrospective Um, I think he got away with one there How Kevin Clancy never saw it Is beyond me and then you look at the boy uh, McGregor who did it identical, you know, there's there's pretty much a similar coming together uh, and any tra- uh, stamps on it. I think the hardest thing for, and we don't want to go through all the ones that have happened before, the hardest thing for this is when you're sitting there looking at these incidents, how do you come to the conclusion that one's intentional and one's not when you look at the two, the two situations? I think it's the inconsistency that gets people up in arms, Gordon. Uh, and uh, but yeah, that doesn't detract away from Alfredo Morelos. It's another incident that you know he has to get on top of. I think from for Steven Gerrard, you know he's tried everything, and I think the saving grace for Rangers in this respect is that uh, Roof's now back to full fitness, and Cedric Eaton come on the other day and, and did very well again. So they have uh, strength in that area. Well, I think you've kind of summed it up there because that's that was the message we kept getting last night, and you keep seeing it this time. Not not like some of the others before. This time, most Rangers fans are saying, you know, it, it was a red card, and actually, or, or it should have been. Sorry, and I can't really argue with that. But why did Darren McGregor not get one? Is Alfredo Morelos treated um, differently? Is he hard done by? These are the types of things that that the Rangers fans are asking at the moment. If Gordon, if you take these two incidents in isolation, because we don't want to go over all ground again, if you take these two incidents, you would say that he has been treated differently because, as I said to you, the two situations are identical. Uh, and you know the one thing about Alfredo Morelos is because he's been in the, the the limelight f- for the past couple of years, 
he's always going to be at the forefront. I think one of the things about the old firm as well, once you're at the old firm, you're highlighted more. But the, the, the amount of times that we see over the course of a weekend where somebody tramps on someone, you go, oh, that looks a right Saurian. And then there's nothing done. So it's about that lack of consistency throughout the whole process. To look at the other side of it then, how do we... What is this consistency that people are looking for? Because ultimately, both incidents were viewed by a panel of three former Category 1 referees and they had to apply their own judgment on it. They had to be subjective. It's the only thing they can do. And they couldn't unanimously agree that Darren McGregor's was and they they, they could unanimously agree that Alfredo Morelos is, um, should have been a, a red card at the time. So... What, what do we do about that You know that, That's that's a judgement call for yeah. them If the process was inconsistent Then maybe you've got a different question Had they decided To look at Alfredo Morelos's again But not look at Darren McGregor's Then then that sounds like You've got a huge problem But ultimately three What should be well informed yeah. Referees Were just asked to make a judgement call Yeah and I think that's where the, the problem is Because you're asking three And it only takes one to actually think mm, I'm not quite sure Whether he actually Intended to do that And then the process Has been papped uh, out Whereas if it take The three of them uh, Listen I've no objections At all I thought the The one with Morelos Was most certainly A red card gone But the problem is That you have three referees Who are looking at A certain situation We, we see things On a weekly basis Where you see an incident You go Oh that's a foul And then you see it The following week And it's, it's, it's play on mm-hmm. So again it's down To the interpretation Of that individual referee and But that's, that's my point I mean we'll argue About them all the time So yep. is, it, is it that surprising that the three referees no. just, just saw something different no, whether, you know, whether we like it or not Yeah, no, listen Gordon The thing is People will see things in a different way And they've clearly come up Again, I would like to know a bit more about the Or oh, two of them saw it and one didn't Well, one, one saw it and two were against Didn't think it was So it'd be interesting mm. just to get a wee bit of background Because see if the three of them Actually looked at it and says it wasn't Then I'd be really surprised Yeah uh, Fraser Wishart, we have been here many, many times With the disciplinary process It frustrates loads of people Um in many different ways and, and I can see two sides to this forming quite clearly on one hand you've got Rangers fans who say should have been a red card no problem with that but where's the consistency and Alfredo Morelos is treated differently um, but maybe on the other and although they, they, they wouldn't say it publicly in, in, in so strong a way on the other hand you might have Jack Ross and Mickey Mellon for instance who say Okay, well if Alfredo Morelos is treated so harshly Why wasn't he sent off at the time? Because he was allowed to stay on the pitch Score the winning goal the other night Help win the game for Rangers at Tannadice And then dealt with retrospectively So if he's if he's if if there's a witch hunt against him by referees Why did they not send him off against my team When the Rangers fans are all saying that actually In isolation, those incidents should have been red cards Yeah, in the end it's a matter of opinion Gordon, I think you hit the nail on the head And if, if Alec was sitting in the panel It would be a matter of his opinion And we might disagree with that And... and the, the problem with people I mean, we talk about consistency and supporters want consistency what they're really saying is I want you to agree with me Yeah. and there's, there's never a right or a wrong in this and it doesn't matter which club they're at if, if it happens against their club then it's then it's a conspiracy or it's inconsistent or whatever else I think the, the, I think the system is, is, is flawed because uh, this, the, the whole video was to, was to uh, look at incidents where the referee doesn't have a view of it we're now in my opinion re-refereeing the game and, and I have raised this with the, with the SFA before uh, Kevin Clancy had a clear view of it, you know. So we're looking at things, and the only way to get consistency is to stop looking at incidents where the referee has a clear view and just go with the referee's decision on on the park. Support the referee if he makes their own decision. Fine. Sometimes players get away with it. Sometimes, sometimes they won't. But for me, the, the consistency comes because we're, we're now looking at incidents that the referee has seen. 
the whole point of a day of this was somebody elbowing somebody off the ball and it's behind the referee's back was caught and I have no problem with that at all or a really serious incident but uh, for things that happen in the, in the way of the game and, I, and I, listen, Alfredo Morelos should have been sent off but wasn't and I think we just have to live with that because it, it goes for you sometimes it goes against you so that's that's my view but the, the consistency element you can't have consistency uh, with, with, when it's people's opinion you have to just trust the three former referees who know to come to the right decision and sometimes you agree with it sometimes you don't and that's life we have to go on with it Roger Hanna there's a lot to take in here that we could do this probably till 8 o'clock tonight when you look at the situation regarding comments made about Alfredo Morelos on Hibs TV and Hibs have had to apologise to Rangers and the Scottish FA might look at that um, or will look at that in due course it, it feeds into a, a bigger picture here and the Rangers fans are not happy about it Yeah I mean that, that was utterly ridiculous what happened in Hibs television and the SFA will look into it and I suspect Hibs will be censured and or fined over it um, and that can't be allowed to happen again um, I think actually in the last couple of nights Gordon when it's been discussed in the show I think the vast majority of Rangers fans have actually been quite fair on the topic I think they acknowledge that Alfredo Morelos should have landed a red card at Easter Road in midweek um, and they also believe Darren McGregor should have this, you know, the same I think where the confusion and the, and the upset was last night on the show was Rangers fans who were quite baffled that one of the people faced a notice of complaint and, and the other one didn't and, and Alex probably had the nail on the head saying you know the, uh, the system for me if that's what the system is then that's what the system is where I have an issue with it is there's not enough transparency there's not enough you know information put out after the decisions have been taken um, what harm would it do we're not expecting anybody who's appeared in the panel to be named far from it but I think there should be an expectation that clubs and players and supporters are given information to explain why the decision was taken. You know, was it 2 1? Was there one referee who thought McGregor's standing on Kamara was sufficiently lesser than Morelos standing on Porteous? And if so, you know, what, what was the thought process there? Or was it 3 0? Did they all think the same? I, I think supporters nowadays, you know, they, they probably merit having these things explained to them so they can understand a, a better and, 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 you know, players, managers, media the same. Okay, we'll park that for the moment because I've got a funny feeling we'll get back to it in the coming days, weeks, months, years, etc. Let's go back around the grounds next. The fastest goals, the expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson, Gordon DL, Alex Ray are in the building. The top team are around the grounds. Less than 15 minutes to go until kickoff. Some big games in the top two divisions in Scotland today. Let's quickly whiz around the grounds once more. Alison Conroy and Jim Duffy are at Celtic St Mirren. Uh, given Celtic struggles in the last couple of months, Jim, it, is this a fixture where teams like St Mirren can now come and Attack a bit more than they previously would have Going to Celtic Park might have been really daunting Take the crowd out of the equation as well You might want to sit in and make life difficult Can St Mirren go for it a bit more Or will Jim Goodwin still be mindful of The, the talented players that Celtic have uh, Yeah I think I think you're, you know, you're, you're right in, in so many aspects going. I think that, that's been the case from day one Really we know, we know supporters I think the fear factors went from a lot of teams And that's why we've had quite a lot of strange results I think uh, uh, for home teams You know you look at you know, St Mund's result during the week up at Tandice, you know, 1-5-1, uh, you know, so, yeah, I think they'll come here with 
definitely a, a, a bigger degree of optimism and, and look at Celtic and think, well, look, they're not firing all cylinders and they are leaking goals, uh, although they did have a clean sheet during the week. So, you know, their goals, their goals uh, against Columns not, not, not too, too healthy. So, yeah, I think that you would definitely go away uh, a little bit more, um, uh, you know, enthusiasm to take the game to Celtic at times. But you've still got to respect that Celtic have got good players. I mean, if you look at their midfield just now, it is a strong midfield. They do dominate the ball. Uh, and two, as I said, their two front players, Edward and Griffiths, are, are, are always going to be a threat. So, yeah, I mean, I think you, you, don't, you don't just think, oh, let's go gung-ho and, 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 and get on the end of a hammer. Um, so, I mean, they want to keep... Um, the, you know that conference level high and they'll want to make the game still difficult so at times I think it'll be a 5-4-1 um, for St Man and I think they will get bodies behind the ball and they will make it compact and if anything you know they, they won't be too bothered if, if, if Ayer and, and Taylor getting the ball wide and throwing it into the box against our three centre-backs um, they'll try and make sure that Turnbull can't influence the game McGregor and Ella, Ella Nussi in the middle of the pitch um, are denied space um, but yeah, I think I think there's a the, the St. Man will certainly have uh, have a little bit more of a go at it than, than they might have had in previous campaigns. Uh, let's go to Livingston Aberdeen Fraser. Are we now in a situation where are Livy now favourites for fixtures like this? And if so, that that's quite a turnaround to be up against a team like Aberdeen, and a lot of people might actually fancy Livingston. It's funny. I was I was thinking exactly the same just before you came to me that Livingston are our favourites, and, and uh, if you're looking at a prediction, could you really bet against Livingston when you look at the, the figures and you look at the the recent form? And uh, I said earlier, Livingston players will be just full of confidence, and when you're like that as a player, you just turn up to the games. There's not a lot of thought goes into it. You play naturally. Things just happen. You play the pass without even thinking. Sometimes as well, you just see things much better because you're playing well. And for Aberdeen, it's probably the opposite just now. You know, you're looking at their their team, and uh, they're really without a. a a number nine Conor McLaren I think will play right up front with Hedges and Kennedy either side sometimes that can work because it makes the those kind of players who play off the striker makes them work even harder they've got McGinn and they've got Scott Wright on the bench not really got a recognised number nine around so that will change the way they play but I think you're right I think Livingston are favourites and, and, and they play a style of football that I, I think is sometimes you know, they, they do go direct from time to time but they've got really good footballers you know, in their in their team Pittman and Holt and Sybold and Nicky Devlin's been outstanding as a fullback. Scott Robinson as a number nine just busy and knocks into people and really holds the ball up well to get support around them so I, I think I think Levy will win this game you just can't see any way this, uh, this, this run's going to stop of course it'll stop at some point but there's just something about them they're a terrific team and they work so hard for each other and if, if Aberdeen aren't up for this 100% and not willing to roll their sleeves up and work hard it's going to be a long long day for them but I, th- I think Levy will win this one by the odd goal I have found their Achilles heel though and it's Aberdeen Livy have beaten every team they've come up against since they returned to the top flight at some point, apart from Aberdeen. They are yet to beat Aberdeen. Aberdeen have got a great record against Livingston, so we'll find out what happens this afternoon. Kelly St Johnston, I keep going back, Andrew, in my head to the Kilmarnock fan who called up the other night and says, forget the stock market, forget anything else, get your money on Kilmarnock to be relegated. Uh, Please do bet responsibly, I should say. Um, But on a serious note, where is that coming from? Because you look at the you know, a snapshot. What is it? Two wins, two losses, one draw in the last five. Nothing really wrong with that. Um, but five points off bottom place, and Kelly fans are starting to worry a little bit. Yeah, I think a lot of it is less to do with the actual results and more what fans are seeing on the park from 
from Alex Dyer's side and you know a lot of the same words and phrases seem to come up when you see Kilmarnock fans complaining either when it's you know on Super Scoreboard or, or whether it's on social media they talk about the fact that you know they think that the team line up quite negative the fact that they're, they're quite passive the, there doesn't really look to be a, a you know a lot of positivity in, in the style of play and I think that's maybe why despite the fact that results aren't the worst and as I said earlier on you know they are actually sat ahead of St Johnson in the table with St Johnson having played a game more it's it's that type of thing that the fact that the fans don't see that that positivity there's nothing really on the park that that they can point towards and say oh you know what things things might start to turn there is these positive signs whereas I think St Johnson are maybe the opposite of that if you look a bit deeper into the St Johnson statistics in terms of expected goals they, they look a lot better than, than they are in the table and the results they have so there is that positivity from St Johnson fans we saw that in the in the cup semi-final against Hibs that's maybe more the type of performance that this St Johnson side are capable of but the Kilmarnock fans just can't see really any positivity going forward from, from Alex Dyer's side Yeah, Dundee United Hibs is our other top flight offering remember we told you Porteous and Nesbitt on the bench is that Innocent is that to do with form? Is it to do with the fact that other clubs want to buy them before the end of this window? Well, it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Our championship match today: Hearts and Fellman. Andy Halliday was in during the week. Uh, Roger Hanna having been on the receiving end of a deliberate kick out, he said, which got Wraith Rovers Regan Hendry sent off uh, in a game which Hearts very much sort of got their their swagger back, if you like. Yeah, they certainly did. And I think they needed to, you know, when, when they fell 3 0 behind Terrace Rovers last Saturday, I think there was a, a shock factor to it. And then they'd come back, they come back to 3 2 and made a game of it, but they were determined when they went to Starks Park on Tuesday they were going to lay down a marker to the rest of the Championship, as they really have done consistently this season. And they did that with that 4 0 win. They'll be determined to do something similar this afternoon, I think, Gordon, because they lost in their only meeting with Infermline this season, that Friday night up at East End Park. It's noticeable today, though, no Dom Thomas the squad, he was a guy who really troubled hearts that night, he misses out as does Kyle Turner, another promising young midfielder, be interesting to see how Stevie Crawford's men react to their loss, it looks yeah. a slightly more defensive, pragmatic lineup. Lewis Mayo, more of a defensive figure in here, and it'll be up to Andy Halliday and co to to break it down and make sure they're not caught at the other end as they were last Saturday. I tried to do a little bit of homework on it on social media last night, but the only question Hearts fans and any other fans seem to be asking is how long before Andy Halliday goes minus one and beat the pundit? Not a chance. You are the only man who deserves that accolade at the moment. He's getting there though, right? We're almost there. You've got your team news. Kickoff is next. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Let's quickly go back to Celtic Park for a quick recap ahead of kickoff with Alison and Jim. The teams have just come out the tunnel. Will be Scott Bain in goal for Celtic, a back four of Chris Iyer, near beat on Shane Duffy and Greg Taylor. The midfield four, Callum McGregor as Myla Sorrow, David Turnbull and Mohamed Elunusi. Up top, Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward. For St Mirren, Jack Anik in goal. A back three of Marcus Fraser, Connor McCarthy, Joe Shaughnessy. Your midfield five, Dylan Conley, Cammy McPherson, Jamie McGrath, Ilke Dermis and Ethan Erehon with Kel McAllister just in behind the lone striker of Christian Dennis. The referee is Bobby Madden. Jim Duffy, when we look at this game, St Mirren obviously coming here on an absolute high and Celtic know they have to put a run together now. Yeah, I mean, Celtic just need consistency. You know, they've had uh, moments in the season where they've looked very good but they've been few and far between, really. And, uh, the, you know, even even when I think most people would guarantee that the, the title's going to go over to, to Rangers. But I think from their fans' perspective, 
they need to finish the season strongly. They need to finish the season positively. So I think uh, this part of the season is vital. And a home game against St Mirren today, they've really got to get after St Mirren, uh, get some goals and get a really positive result. And you would still expect them to win this match, even though I think it'll be tight. Is there a hope for Neil Lennon now he appears to have settled this goalkeeping situation that that will help them? Well, I think that, uh, you know, obviously Scott Payne coming back in, this is a surprise. I mean, he goes from third choice to first choice and they keep changing that. I don't think that's as important as really getting a bit more consistency from the players. And the shape of the team, the diamond, uh, seems to be his favoured way of playing now and that seems to suit the players that he's got on the pitch. Bobby Madden gets us underway at Celtic Park. It is Celtic against St Mirren. Goal flashes with Top Scaffolding. For the top team in scaffolding, visit topscaffolding.co.uk. Design, quote, deliver. Right, four big games in the Premiership this afternoon. Celtic, St Mirren, Kelly, St Johnston, Livy Aberdeen and Dundee United Hibs. We've got featured games in the Championship as well. Hearts against Dunfermline. No Hugh Keevans, we're still missing him on a Saturday afternoon. He's in at home in the man cave looking after himself, keeping safe as I hope you all are as well, which means someone else is going to have to step up to the plate and provide an absolutely useless set of match predictions. Alex Ray, you can kick us off. How's the ACA looking this afternoon? Yep, I'm going to go for Celtic to beat St Mirren, Dundee United to draw with Hibs, Kilmarnock home win, Livingston home win, and Hearts will take care of Dunfermline. OK, Mark Wilson. Oh, I'll go for Celtic to beat St Mirren, Hibs will win at Tannadice, I'll go a draw, Kelly St Johnson... Aberdeen to bring an end to David Martindale's run oh, it's big. It's a big and shoot. Hearts will beat them fairly Gordon Deal uh, Full house with Celtic uh, I'll give it a couple of minutes to see the score um, I'm going Dundee United Hibs a draw I'm not touching Kamarnock St Johnson uh, you, ha- you have to I'll do it. Um, Okay I will go St Johnson uh, Livingston and Hearts Okay, you can tweet us your thoughts as well. The guys are generally hopeless at these, so I'm sure you can do a bit better at Clyde SSB. And do you know what I've noticed about Saturday afternoons in the absence of Hugh Keevans? There's no one here to help me keep a lid on these three. Um, and usually between three and five, when all the sensible people are concentrating on the games, this is where the madness uh, kicks off. The last few weeks have been eye-opening at times in here. You never quite know what you're going to get in a Forrest Gump fashion. Uh, so stay tuned and we'll see what we can come up with between now and five o'clock and then it's the open line your chance to have your say on all of the weekend's biggest talking points how will St Mirren approach this do you think Mark Wilson? Um, well the, uh, I think they've got plenty of pace on their side and they'll obviously just try and it's a usual cliche when you go to Celtic Park and you're any side that try and keep it tight for the first 15 to 20 minutes and then try and pick Celtic off I mean the blueprint was there with, with St Johnson and Ross County just before the turn of the year and I think teams will will try and replicate that as best they can but it's not out about it St Mirren have got decent players who can punish you given the chance but I think it'll be a hard afternoon Celtic unchanged and I think that helps a side when you're unchanged and you've got that familiarity about the side I think we're looking at probably the same scoreline even uh, that we got on Wednesday night against Hamilton and Alex such has the turnaround for both sides been this season Rangers fans are at home listening to this not panicking about Celtic winning in case it closes the gap or stretches them away but actually looking what does that mean for our chances of winning the league at Celtic Park which could be around the corner yeah I seen that statistic yesterday Gorn if uh, both teams win between now and then then Rangers have a possibility to win the league at Parkhead but 
a wee bit of football to go by then. But I'm, I'm just looking. So you're, are you telling us then that uh, Rangers fans are at home cheering on Celtic today and, and actively wanting no. them to win so that that no, happens? Not at all. No, what I'm okay. saying is there's a possibility of both teams win. That was the start that was doing around. I would imagine most Rangers fans will be at home and are looking for St Mirren to turn over Celtic. Uh, yeah, I, I think that Rangers fans would love nothing better to win the league at Celtic Park. But I think also it would be the points gap, Gordon. You know, if they can keep stretching that points gap. So I think the Rangers fans sitting today will be hoping that St Man can pull off a, a major shock. And I, for me, it will be a shock. Uh, I know the form of Celtic, but I just think with the diamond, the two guys up top... Um, I think they'll get a good result today, Celtic. Right, in the absence, Jack Anik comes <laughs> racing from his box quite some distance out of his goal, actually. Well, it was the boy McGrath, uh, he's in the Celtic half and he decides to play a ball back. It's quite short. Alnick comes out and he gets it all wrong, but they now have the ball back, uh, St Mirren, on the counter attack. Uh, yep, um, flags up for offside. In the absence of, of Hugh Keevans, Mark, hmm. you've got. Extra responsibility wow. tonight. Imagine, imagine um, giving him the responsibility. Now, Where is you, it? You were hopeless the first week. Mm-hmm. I would say still, got it. still below average last week. So let's see if you can go better this week. Go on, quick. The okay. first half teaser. Really? With Sunday Scottish Sun. Free goals, pull out, plus Davy Province, Frank and Fearless Column. <sighs> sweating. He's sweating. Okay. Okay. First half teaser <laughs> Since 1980 Four players have lifted the FA Cup As captain And played for a team in Scotland Name them Since 1980 Four players have lifted the FA Cup As captain And played for a team in Scotland Can you name them? It's a very simple question I can't promise that the answers are simple But all you need to do Is get all <laughs> correct answers Tweet them to Clyde SSB on Twitter And do it quicker than everyone else and you're the winner It's as simple as that So get tweeting At Clyde SSB there's, I think a couple one. of these Yeah there's, 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 there's one. one tricky one the, no. um, Oh we've got an opener Goal flashes With top scaffolding For all your scaffolding needs And it's Kilmarnock 1 St Johnston nil. Friend of the show Chris Burke Opening the scoring Inside 5 minutes Started off in great goal scoring form At the beginning of the season Has had a little quiet patch In front of goal But he's back in amongst it This afternoon Just 5 minutes on the clock Chris Burke with the goal Kelly 1 St Johnston nil. Well that'll keep the caller On Thursday night A bit happier Because he was He was on And he was pretty livid How his team's performing Inconsistent this season And this probably ties in With what Kilmarnock fans Expect this season You know they go from One bad result To a win When you don't think They're getting them uh, And that's been the problem All season But a good start Chris Burke Yeah I mean what age is I think Chris Burke's older than me 320 is How old are you? 320 (laughs) (laughs) I I think he's about 37 But he's still producing In the top league Got to take your hat off to him Seven goals already Mark Which is a remarkable uh, turn around for a winger and, and a uh, team that's not doing yeah, particularly well. well. Well, you say that, Mark, but if they get obviously get the result today, they could get them closer to Dundee United. If Commander get into the top six, you know, I don't mm. think that would be the be all and end all. I know it's not been a vintage uh, performance this season, but they've still got an opportunity to get in the top six. The thing is with Kelly, though, sorry, does it that because where they've been the last couple of years under Steve Clark when Alec Dyer was the assistant, the Kelly fans. As, as fans always do Just expect that to, to be the norm Every year And I don't think out with Aberdeen um, You're ever going to get that with the other teams You're going to have your wee purple patch Where yeah. there's a season or two You will break the top four But to do it every single year You need to 
Mm. You know, keep recycling your squad and getting the correct players in. Uh, right, lots of names that you will be familiar with are doing things at the moment. Greg Doherty's put Hull in front down the road. Osmond So has put Dundee one up at Starks Park inside five minutes. Charlie Mulgrew has been sent off for Fleetwood Town inside six wow. minutes. Oh. Is that a record for this season? I don't yeah, recall too many. Six minutes? Earlier than that. Must um, have a night at Plan and eight, well, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> Christmas yeah. has passed. And you can't go anywhere. So, uh, well. Air 1, Alloa 0. Tom Walsh with the goal For the honest men in that one So we're up and running On the goal scoring front The only one in the Premiership Will come Marnock 1 St Johnson 0 We've given you your teaser I can already see some good answers Coming in on Twitter At Clyde SSB But be quick Because you have to be quicker Than everyone else I've actually got like an extra competition For everyone this afternoon Right This is a good bit of fun Because I've been saying over the last Couple of weeks And months And whatever it is we're trying to stay safe in here as well So we're not all in the same studio all the time We're sort of dotted around and, and At various places um, And earlier this week Gordon DL had his own yep. studio to himself And we we did some surveillance on you <laughs> No um, A couple of things that we, we found mm-hmm. we, f- we caught you trying to change the channel and the channel that you were trying to switch on to started with a nine, yeah. which made me a little bit suspicious as, <laughs> to, what, as, as, as to what you were looking for. I've got, I've got to say, I've got to admit to that. Uh, it was accidental. I was looking for STV uh, and this other sort of a station come up. Right, that, but that's not that's actually not what the crux of the well, matter is. Because matter we, the surveillance also stretches to the mic as well. Now, remember, there's well, an old saying, and right, there's no such thing as. The mic being off We can always hear you Someone can always hear you In a radio studio Um, And you were were caught singing right And you always sing (laughs) But But in true Gordon DL fashion I've listened to it Over And over And over And I've got no idea What it is he's trying to sing So I thought we would open it out Someone will recognise it I'm sure Um, So I'm going to play the clip And you have to (laughs) tell me What you think Gordon DL Is singing Alright, so here it goes This was him He was on his own Didn't realise we were recording him the other night God bless Pickingham 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 <laughs> <laughs> Any ideas? Not when was that? What day was that? Thursday night <laughs> So he was in the studio on his own and didn't realise that, that someone was... It actually wasn't me. Someone was recording him and he was singing. Uh, let's hear it again because it makes no sense to me. But someone out there will recognise it. What what song is this that Gordon DL is trying to sing? God bless Pickingham. 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 What on earth is that? Alex Ray, any ideas? I I don't know Maybe if he put his teeth in We might have a better idea Mark Wilson I thought it was the only Fools and horses At the the start But I don't think so I'll give you a clue The person was reading The news out And this was involved in it Alright that made you that's why we come into my head. I tell you what, I've got a good voice. The, the thing what that's confu- the thing that's confusing me because I know that he always gets the words wrong. So I've, I, that, what he says there might have no bearing onto what. I thought I heard Bethlehem in there. No, yeah, it could have been I a heard hymn. that wrong. Do you like hymns? It might have been a hymn. No, I'm not very no. good at hymns. But <laughs> I, I, I was, I'm practicing for a mass singer. And, and for Do people you, listening, that is him off air all the time. Just we weren't just even singing. in the room. Yeah. That's outrageous. Uh, I've, I've, I've you were actually given it. That's my privacy in there. Roger Hanna's got it. Roger Hanna knows. 
He's he has he obviously knows you too well. He can decipher that. I don't even know. Never mind Roger Hannah. Ah, do you know what? They're, they're, by the way, you're all a lot better than me. They're absolutely smashing this on Twitter. Everyone's got I it. I cannot believe you have recorded that. Everyone's got it already. Oh, well, they're flying. I thought it was more difficult than that, I must admit, but maybe it's because oh. I'm uh, Well, it just shows you how good I was. What a voice. Yeah, well, uh, listen, if you've got your suggestions, get it in and I'll, I'll, I'll play the review. Uh, Do you go on karaoke when things uh, were I love a bit. normal? Ah, uh, yeah. Do Barry you? wants to know are you singing God Bless Cooking Ham? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> says Barry, uh, what else have we got? Blockairn Boy wants to know if you're singing the United States of Arabs national anthem. Uh, that's a shout, yeah, that could be a shout. Um, there it was go. something you do with the news There you go I remember now Yeah everyone's got it by the way Are you? you still none the wiser No not a clue Oh Carly behave yourself See I was thinking Mark, Stars I, in I, your eyes Do you know I thought we would leave I thought no. we would leave this running all afternoon And then reveal it a bit later on but I people, feel like a lot of people are getting We'll give, we'll give people a, an extra few minutes to, to catch up <laughs> It's like yeah, remember Remember the programme Shooting Stars with Vic Reeves Bob Mortimer <laughs> Where he used, to, he used to sing a song And you had to guess it That's what it's like I think we could does. start that on here Because remember I told the story about his misheard song lyrics a few oh, weeks ago was, I had kind of stopped Alex I don't think you were in But no. I'm, trying, I'm starting to collect them right Because well, when you could do these things Whether it was on the golf course Or whatever I would always hear him singing And I thought I'm going to remember that Because that is so far off The real lyrics It is unbelievable And it's really famous songs Songs that everybody knows The words to And the one that just got me That tipped me over the edge A few weeks ago The line to everyone else is I fought the law And the law won Gordon was singing I met the lord And the lord died <laughs> And I thought This has to be a feature On the show We really need to get this Up and running So Um I can't watch what you're doing, Alec. They're recording everything. <laughs> there are no secrets. Everyone's getting it. Well done. Well, honestly. Well, just, uh, I think that yeah. it's obviously a big confidence booster to myself. Yeah, maybe it is closer to the actual version than I thought. I just thought it sounded Not miles away from it. Absolute miles. Alawa have equalised. What a game. Air 1, Alawa 1, Alan Troughton on 11 minutes. Don't forget to get your answers in for the first half teaser. And anything else to report from Celtic Park early on, Gordon? I wasn't watching You're too busy singing Mark Wilson <laughs> No well St Mirren's some nice football They just had a shot at goal Pretty easy for Scott Bain there Probably about 20 yards out Right down the middle He gathered it nicely But it's uh, It's not too bad a game Nice and open um, Jim Goodwin Will be pleased how his team's Started Because like I say You look at 15 to 20 minutes Staying in the game uh, They certainly look comfortable you think, you think that's still the same Nowadays Martin The modern day football You go there's no fa- there's no fans in the ground, so you're not silencing the crowd, as they say. Fifteen, twenty minutes, stay in the game. What happens if you lose a goal after twenty five? I'll chuck it. Start the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be honest with you, I've been encouraged by St. Mirren, you know, they're playing with a bit of confidence. Uh, you know, they're popping the ball about well. Um, but you always get the impression that Celtic can got the pattern score. That's what a five one win during the week mm. will do for you. Having said that, what are we making of the two penalties that St. Mirren got Alex Ray? Absolutely ridiculous Both of them? I, I, both of them, yeah Absolutely ridiculous Mickey Mellon hard done by <sighs> Mickey Mouse more like It was embarrassing <laughs> uh, Again, it's, it's it's poor refereeing, Gordon You're looking at that And think to yourself How do you come up with The two uh, penalties? What was worse then? Because Mark Reynolds Didn't feel like he had Barged over the St Mirren player And Lauren Shanklin Certainly didn't yeah. feel like He had handballed it <sighs> It's difficult because The ball's up by his arm So you can understand Why the referee may well Have given that But when someone stands Their ground And a 6 feet 3 centre half Just falls to the ground As if he's been poleaxed 
is beyond me. He's been absolutely conned, the referee. Well, nevertheless, St Mirren still scored some yeah, excellent got, goals. Yeah, credit to him. It's a p- great performance. Thoroughly deserved to win the match. What can they do at Celtic Park this afternoon? David Turnbull trying to make something happen. Well, there's one thing. He's a guy who can make things happen for Celtic. Um, St Mirren need to be yeah. careful of him this afternoon because he's a terrific player, Turnbull. Uh, he can open up defences. He can score himself. Uh, Celtic will just be looking to get this first goal. It's, St Mirren will make it difficult, Gordon. St Mirren's one of those teams I've watched this season. You don't really know what you're getting with them. I watched them against Motherwell. First hour, they were really poor. They were off it. They get put out the semi-final, uh, the cup with Livingston, which is obviously no shame. And then they go to Tannadice and get a terrific 5-1 victory. So you really don't know what you're going to get a on the day. A couple them. of things you missed in the last few minutes. Hibs weren't far away. Gogic couldn't quite force the ball in after a corner. Similar scenario at Celtic Park. Corner, Ilyanusi gets a lot on the header, um, but just goes over the bar. Good chance, Gordon. Mm. Very good chance. Again, it's a good delivery by Griffiths coming in with his left foot. Good pace on the ball, we just can't go over the top it and direct it on target. Right, here's my other topic for you this afternoon, right? Because you know we always talk about rubbish on a Saturday afternoon. We love to keep you up to speed with what's happening on the football pitch, um, but we like to discuss other things as well. Did you see that we've now officially made it back to a major tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Forget all the, the stuff that go- th- This is when you know you've arrived. There is a Panini sticker album for the Scotland national team ahead of the Euros that's when you know we're back and it got me thinking I want all your sticker album memories right who's the guy who's the guy that you always needed who's the guy that you could never get rid of who is the first player you think of when we talk about sticker albums were you ever lucky enough to complete one were you one shot who's the player that haunted you for years because you just couldn't get the one you needed what are you thinking when you hear me talk about sticker albums what springs to mind tweet us at Clyde SSB and let us know they wouldn't have even had sticker albums in your day did yeah, they yeah so the Murray boys used time. to fight over mines oh for getting to remember that yeah oh, I, I came through Hold on a minute Gordon's claim to fame Was that Jamie Murray Came in here one night And said I recognise you From the Panini sticker album He knew nothing else About him by the way But he said I recognise you From the Panini sticker album He was good value that night I think we'll get him back Yeah he's very very good Nice lad Good tennis player Do you know what's amazing How he he just takes A little bit of truth And then Goes too far the, yeah. the, the Murray brothers Were not fighting Over your sticker He just said that He remembered you From I, the sticker I'm album I'm sure that's Where no, the conversation that was That didn't happen mm. Mark Wilson Were you ever into that? Sticker mm. uh, I was and, and what sticks out To me was I used to always Love the Not particularly The players The shiny badges That you used oh, to get shiny, now, They were hard To complete the full League You always got your You always got Celtic and Rangers But it was the uh, I've got a confession here, boys. I've, uh, I shouldn't really say this, but I've got my own one in the house. My sticker. Shut up. I have up no in the wall. Me and David Cooper. Oh, hold on. We've got a goal at Celtic Park. Oh, what a goal. Goal flashes. With top scaffolding for all your scaffolding needs. Celtic nil. St Mirren one and it's Christian Dennis picked up where he left off on Wednesday night at Tannadice. It's a fine finish. Jim Goodwin's absolutely delighted with it. And it puts St Mirren one up. Just a flick on to get St Mirren going. Played in down the right. Dennis is then bursting the gut to try and get in. Good touch. Can Scott Bain do better? That's the next question. Celtic nil, St Mirren one. Well, I, I think the full Celtic backline can do Probably better. And now, for, for 17 minutes, and I'm saying St Mirren looked comfortable, Celtic looked so open, and St Mirren had a couple of efforts on goal just before that. 
Duffy very static Greg Taylor not following the run of Dennis Dennis does well to get his touch out his feet and, and put it goalwards Bain possibly could have done better but too easy to play again what a fantastic start for St Mirren though you have to say what a great goal Mark the construction through the middle of the park the ball worked wide right the cut back good touch I'm not sure Bain can actually do too much yeah, about this because it's, you, it's actually drilled right in down by his feet mm. uh, and he's having to adjust but again I think there could have been they could have stopped it at source Celtic it was far too easy but Jim Goodwin's delighted with the start he's made I think defensively for Celtic's yeah. a shambles uh, but for St Mirren the positive side is a really good goal and Dennis finishes off really well they drag the Celtic defence all over the place and uh, you know that's a great start I think they're good for their league yeah. though just St. stay Mirren. in the game for the first 20 minutes well, they, they, well they are they're in the game <laughs> 20 minutes 20 minutes, Bang on 20 minutes but I think you know I just said they had a couple of efforts and go right yeah. at Bain I mean is Celtic apart from El Yanusi's header you know had any efforts and go I don't think so um, great starts and Mirren obviously taking the confidence from Tanadice on Wednesday night and you know again Looking pretty comfortable here at the minute. 20 minutes in. Yeah, it's a handball there. Uh, I think it was Shane Duffy who the ball came off of as uh, Lee Griffiths puts a corner in. It was a flat one this time. Uh, Bobby uh, Madden gives a free kick. Just when, when you watch Celtic at the minute, uh, as soon as anyone gets in the final third, I don't think any Celtic fans are ever confident uh, that, that something's... Not going to come here You know There always seems to be a chance For teams I mean Daz if you go back years Ago to Celtic Park Team getting the final third You always thought Got a solid goalkeeper And a solid back four You know They'll snuff out the danger And we'll build an attack again I think this season Any time the ball goes in the Celtic yeah. Final third There's panic stations There always seems to be the A thing final I, the outcome The thing I've yeah. noticed about Celtic at the back Mark when they lose goals is you're a, you were a defender. If the if the winger or, or, or somebody a, a forward gets a ball, you get to him as quick as you can. You get to him and then you sh- show him what way you want him to go. You look at, for instance, and I hate picking on the guy, but you hate, you look at Duffy there. It was amble, amble, amble. It was too easy for St. Mm. Absolutely too easy. I'm with Alec a little bit. I know it's near Bane, but I just think from the distance between goalkeeper and Dennis and the way he hits it, I think you've got to give credit. Mm. I'm just looking at this incident again with the Celtic claim there. There's most it definitely comes off Shaughnessy's arm, but I think it may have come off another party's body, Gordon. So it was a good call by Bobby Madden. I think it might have did it hit Duffy first uh, yeah, in, the, so. in the army area as well. So you know, very difficult to yeah. to call that one. But got one of these elsewhere. Goal flashes with top scaffolding for all your scaffolding needs. Free to play today, of course, Darren McGregor, and he scored for Hibs at Tannadice. Stunned the United nil, Hibs won. Darren McGregor on 21 minutes. So Hibs are in front, St Mirren are in front at Celtic Park, and Kilmarnock are in front at home to St Johnson. There'll be players stamping people left, right and centre. The Lockett's brought Morelos and McGregor. The winner the other night, McGregor scoring... Today and people will say he is fortunate to be involved in the game, but there you go. I, I it's a good introduction, today. Willow, for uh, you know McGregor because he's been out for a long time. I think it was a year since he made a, an appearance for the first. What's your thoughts, Alec? You've, you've watched him, McGregor. Darren McGregor, good pace. 
Yeah. Uh, I actually quite like what he brings to the table. Experience, quite a strong guy, very committed, looks a good professional to me, and uh, I think it'd be a good addition. I've, I've said for weeks mm. that Hibs are quite poor at the back, and uh, good middle to front, but poor at the back. Um, also, you would expect it to be a header. It was a corner, and it was half clear, and then he thundered it in from the edge of the box, says Dave Galloway. So there we go. He's um, put his foot through that one. Dundee United nil, Hibs won. Uh, Celtic fans, you can tweet us all afternoon. Let us know what you're making of the game at Celtic Park. The open line will be here. A bit later on Right Let's have a look at Twitter Because I was asking Who's the most random guy You remember From the Panini sticker albums Who's the guy That springs to mind Who's the guy That that you could never get Who's the one That you had loads of And couldn't get rid of All the above questions On the back of the fact That Scotland have launched An official uh, Or Panini I should say Have launched an official Scotland album Ahead of the Euros The response to this That's Has been one. What have you got? The one I always used to love having was Hamish McAlpine back in the day <laughs> when I was a boy. So you had loads of him. Hamish, oh, Hamish, he had a big tash. So is he the one you couldn't get rid of. Uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was the one that sprang to mind as soon as you mentioned that Hamish McAlpine. I want to see how many, I want to see what the most left field name we can get from this <laughs> is that people remember from the from the sticker album. Some have gone down the English route as well. Scott says he couldn't get away from this guy in the eighties, and he sent me a picture of a Barry Venison football sticker. Remember? Yeah, the, the long the hair, the mullet. Oh, that's a I shocker. terrorised him by the way in the northeast derby. Had in my back pocket. <laughs> Billy says, Billy says it was the best feeling ever When you saved up your 10p Sprinted up to the shop in Linvale Getting a packet Opening it and praying to see the shine of a badge mm, yeah, Says Billy yeah, yeah, I think we yeah, can all agree in that. Um, Fraser McDuff says I always remember the SPL sticker album At some point had a misprint in the Rangers team And it had Stuart Monroe's picture With Ian Ferguson's name on it There we go Good fact mm. Didn't know that I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it Chris Paul says I needed Hamish French to complete it One away <laughs> I had about 4,000 Craig Brewster doublers glory days, he says. Mm. Ah, do, you, do you know that Wilson's just Googled himself? Oh, no, I didn't. No, I got sent that. Well, your own football no, I get, yeah, I get you can get it image. for six quid. Six quid. <laughs> just, I was just sent the image six of my Panini card <laughs> for six quid. Some, of the, st- more. some of the Can stories here as well. I mean, Stephen Galactus says, I met my best mate in 1998 trading World Cup stickers. So there we go. He just went wow. to trade his stickers and it, and and it becomes a, a best friendship pal? that lasts a lifetime. What do you mean? Was there events that you went to? I trade? think so. Yeah, I was think you could go to these events and, and try and trade. swap and get the ones Jeez, that you. That sounds somewhat far. Well, it, it obviously is for, for Stephen. <laughs> I think we should go there next year. Radio play Christmas party. <laughs> it obviously is for Stephen who met his best mate. Easy for you, Scoff. You've not even got any mates and Stephen met his best well, one I trading know. stickers. Go next year. Uh, you can take your six quid, are we? <laughs> see, we'll see if we can swap that. Lindsay Showtech says, I had eight Ian Jess. Couldn't get rid of him Ian Jess and uh, we're opening up some old wounds here I hope we Doughball's dad isn't listening my dad used to get drunk um, and fall asleep on the living room floor I used to get his wallet out of his pocket and steal money to go and buy stickers that's my memory of sticker books pure theft <laughs> Doughball's dad's not listening Doughball's dad's got his scalp him oh man <laughs> Doughball, that's a great name, isn't it? Isn't it? Okay, a few of my pals are called Doughball. <laughs> By the way, for some reason, right? I, I wonder if we're if we're getting on to we've uncovered something here. There is a, a strange amount of people talking about Hamish French, a player. He was Gen- Gen- General is on. He says I was forever trying to get Hamish French. It was a two-part sticker, one full image. It was. Imp- it was always the bottom half, but his torso was impossible to find. There we go. So you just got Hamish French's legs? I, I guess so. Aye. I don't know. 
How disappointing. How do you know it's his? Exactly. Mm, his name written on it. You know, no, he's right. at the bottom. Yeah, well, it still oh. has the name printed on the sticker. No, but you could put MD's name on that. Mm. Yeah. God, there's another you, half chance for uh, St Mithen again It's the boy Dennis He's coming back from goal Swir- Swivels through the defender's leg Bain's quite comfortable in the end It's a decent effort though Absolutely, uh, through his legs uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they're creating the player. better chances man. I've got to say they're playing with a bit of confidence Certainly they got to go quickly here before half time I know it's only 27 minutes But you don't want to be getting 1-0 mm. down Sir Randolph says that he had about 10 of you that he just couldn't get rid of. Me? So, yep, he set them on fire to keep himself <laughs> nah, warm. He's not it? having that. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's good to see. I was very popular with Hamish, my feather everybody's cut. Everybody's talking about Hamish French. Hamish French. What, what is great? If, if MD Panini past. is listening, why is Hamish French so synonymous with the Panini stuff? Because he only had his legs. So, the, the person that tweeted in. He was missing Hamish French to complete it. That was going to be my question. Has anybody ever completed the full shoot match? You need to be a gazillionaire. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Expensive no, but, stuff. No, no, but, but once you get close, you can then send away for the ones that you're missing. Like, oh, really? No, 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 no. 20, 30 years ago, you couldn't. Not a but chance. I think even when I was young, talking maybe really? 15 years ago, you could. Or, oh, no. Uh, 20 years ago, you could. Yeah. You get close and you said, these are yeah, what or, I'm missing. Or, or you would go to these events or people would kind of meet up and maybe not back in see when you were collecting them with a black and white? When I was collecting, I didn't collect them. I just Phil signed Portraits. them. I just signed them. I just signed best wishes on the yeah, back. And of your mine. day was your status on it because when I was yeah, when yeah, I was playing yeah. my status, that's right. It, yeah, in the back, on the back. Played one reserve game. One reserve game played. Stephen Gilmore needed Jamie Dolan for Motherwell in '96. Ah, uh, Jamie Dolan. Uh, he says couldn't get it anywhere and my dad wouldn't give me the money to order it see you could order it back ah. in 96 my, my, yeah, my guy for premium sticker for some reason is Jed Brannan remember him Jed Brannan was a mother well yeah Mark Wilson's looking at me as if who I don't know oh, why yeah, played just, a, I think yeah, Brannan that's just the guy that, that springs yeah. to mind when I think football stickers wide player one. forward player no. yeah so he was central midfielder I think no he wasn't <laughs> you always do this no he wasn't I think I played against or managed against Jed Brannan one or two <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has got it on Twitter to be fair. I think Apart from me and Willow. So you, you genuinely don't know. I don't know, know what that is, do you, Mark? Mark does. So hold on, what are the actual words? Hookie Street. And you called it what? Peckingham. Peckingham. Oh. Did they not live there? But uh, listen, the, the story is maybe. Okay, but where did you go after the start bit of the show? Just one more, one more. God bless Pickingham. That's not too bad. You hear them now. It's Viva. I think it's is it God bless Hookie Street, Viva Hookie Street, it's something like that. I, was just, I don't know. I, he was, I was just Peckingham. in the wrong street. Pickingham. Pickingham. I think that's where they live. Is it? Pickingham. See, I did buy the way. See where they lived. Well, the, the oh, block of flats that was uh, right filmed right behind Bristol City's stadium. That was the highlight of my time at Bristol City. And fans said that as well. Where, to be fair. Right behind Bristol City it, Stadium, where what's he call it, Nelson Mandela yeah, House or yeah. something. That was the the film. I That's thought that was your clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Did yeah, you ever right go and back. watch it getting filmed? When did you think I played? <laughs> Oh, that's right. Mark was in Bristol. I was in Bristol. Oh, right, okay. 
<laughs> Alex, what are you This one deal me on a Thursday you, you want to come in here? Aye, I know, a few people are sending me pictures of Gordon DL sticker what, By the way, your hair in this looks like mine In, in no lockdown what one is it? What one it? is it? Um, I think it's Rangers back in the day Look at that for a mop <laughs> Dad's moved to a seat. That was during. Oh, that's a comb over. Oh my god. That's a comb over. So that, we'll get, that was during lockdown. You couldn't get a haircut. Let one, me see. one of the producers will be listening. Get that picture of Gordon DL on no. on Twitter, and then just to no, just to ask people for 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 their memories. We need something to to let them know what what we mean, what we're talking see about. See the sticker I've got. It's we're nothing like that. Football stickers. You obviously didn't trim your eyebrows and need this. Either. No, I've got, I've got a different, different, slugs. different sticker for that, and I'll tell you who I'm twinned with, Davy Cooper. I'll bring it in. I'll show you. Okay, Tuesdays. That sums you up, right? Do you know this guy does not have any shirts from when he played? He does not have his medal from when medals. I played in no, other cup finals, but, but the cup final in particular. You don't. You don't have the no, one that I you want. Know. You don't have the medal. You don't have the runners up from from being a manager. But you've got your football sticker. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. You don't have any top stars? Never. I don't have anything. I've never watched a game back, Alec. Not go. even the winning cup final? No. Top. Never. Wow. No, no. Why? Why would you have that? It's not got to fit me now. And by the way, see if people Memories. think. Um, Mark says, tell that dafty it's Peckham, not Peckingham, which I think I think most people knew, on, on, apart from Gordon DL. People got to pick me up for the wrong place. Um. The pen is on say, five minutes ago I need to know what d- that DL song was I'm about to go into a shop And I need to know that is, That's the power of radio there That's the whole point <laughs> Keep you hanging on uh, But we managed to reveal the answer We've got another one of these Goal flashes With top scaffolding For all your scaffolding needs Comarnock 2 St Johnston nil, And it's Aaron Tishbola Doesn't score too many Celtic have the ball in the back of the net as well Goal flashes With top scaffolding For all your scaffolding needs It's all happening Celtic 1, St Mirren 1 And it's Odson Eduard Scoring is what the Celtic fans expect him to do He has had an up and down season of course But it's a nice touch Left footed finish Hits it into the ground Which takes it away from Jack Anik And Celtic are level Yeah it's all about Callum McGregor Gordon he skips past McPherson Cut back to Odson Eduard Takes it past his right foot The defender and then hits it back into the far corner. Really good goal. It's a lovely first touch, Alec. Yeah. T- if Edward, it takes it away from the defender. I've got to say, I'm all for forward scoring goals. That's what their job is. But I think if I was a goalkeeper, I'd be slightly disappointed. Mm. I know that you can make excuses it hits in the ground. But Alex right. I think McGregor, yeah. it was all about him, the yeah. setup. But the first touch with Edward is different class. Um not the greatest right I would probably say the goalkeeper could do better but Celtic back in level terms yeah for half an hour I think everything was safe for Celtic you know people unwilling to commit uh, Cal McGregor again takes the game by the scruff of the neck decides to drive at the Samirin back line nice little cut back but the first touch from from Edwards terrific just takes <laughs> away from the defender the uh, yeah I, th- I agree with Daz I think the goalkeeper might have done better but um Still, good play from Edward, and uh, I think Neil Lennon will be delighted because for a large part of this, it looked like Celtic were pretty toothless in the final third. Mm. How long they've got to keep their in the game now for Mark? Keep their gate itself in the game to <laughs> half time. <laughs> that's, that's the old shit. Eh? <laughs> right, yes. we're one one half time. Let's now. get in at half time one one. <coughs> uh, Kilmarnock going well <laughs> Simon I think it was the Kelly fan not happy with form at the moment um, so I wonder if he's feeling a bit better do you know what himself? surprises me about that Gordon Right, and the fact that 
Oh, not the fact Kamara. But St Johnston. See when I look at St Johnston, they're in a cup final. Now, Mark and the guy and Alec and everyone will tell you and Jim, when we played and the cup final was coming up, see prior to the games, you would be you'd be in your top forum. Cause you'd be thinking, I want to be in that cup final, I want to play in that cup final. It's a chance of another medal. Um I just find it surprising that St Johnston go to Kilmarnock struggling a little bit fans getting on the manager's back and all of a sudden mm. not even half time 2-0 down yeah I mean St Johnston have only got one league win since the 6th of November yeah. which is incredible but they've had a lot of draws in there and they've had some decent enough performances and they've made a cup final so yeah. it sometimes makes things seem a bit better they've had mm. spells I wonder did anybody go for St Johnston and uh, yeah. the Acker uh, no I don't think so yes you did <laughs> you yeah, did okay. yeah. he's tied blanket uh, there by, by the way sorry I, I missed out Fraser Wisher because he was in the Lanarkshire cup final he's too busy thinking about the lyrics <laughs> to the Only Fools and Horses theme tune I think from yeah. Peckingham uh, this football stickers thing is taking off like nobody's business I'm impressed with David Rayburn, right? David, Cammy Fraser seemed to be the player who was always in my packets. I completed the same book twice. Wow. I dread to think how much it cost. The reason I did two books, I had so many doublers, I just decided to start another. Ah, that's, that's some good. Do that people actually still keep them, Gordon? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, very Jamie, popular. Do, do Jamie Russell has completed four different books. World Cup 90. Uh... The, the 88 sticker album 89, 87 as well So that was Jamie Russell's era Obviously And um, He's Completed it four times Much brilliant Can they beat that? Can they get to five? Yeah There's so many questions That we need answered On a Saturday afternoon Who who out there Has the most Completed albums? There's another one Who's the random player as well? Gordon Woods says Every packet had a Bobby Petter In it if you ask me yeah, back in the day I don't know <laughs> There we go I'll take, I'll take his word for it I thought it was impossible To complete them There you go That's what I knew I came close once I, I think just once I wasn't as committed As these guys on here um, I spent a couple of years Down south when I was young And I remember So it would have been English Premier League Maybe I don't know Maybe Alex Ray was in it And Roberto Di Matteo Was the guy that haunted me And I think I did send away for him Aye. In the end So I think once About 97 I think I did But I don't, I don't I'm don't. i not a keeper I, I've been everything So mm. I don't, He um, scored in a cup final After about 30 oh, 40 oh, seconds yeah. Yeah, yeah With a strike Yeah So there Great we go break. Mikey says A shiny Michael Moles I had when I was younger But I never put it In my sticker album I kept it in my drawer And my younger <laughs> sister Found it and ripped it up And I never forgave her At all Oh Ah. Oh, that's, you that's not a star, nice. A star player, did you? That had his own shiny background. I'm sure. I was never, never oh, one of those. We've got another goal at Celtic Park. Goal flashes with top scaffolding oh for Celtic all your scaffolding one. needs. Saint Mirren two, oh, and the Saints are back in God. front. And it's Ilkay Derma Celtic had just got themselves level through Odson Edward, oh. and they are behind again. Ilkay Derma into the left-hand oh, side God. of the box finds the finish. From a Celtic perspective Somebody take that away Shane Duffy Shane Duffy Send him back Yeah We're not over-egging this Or anything like that This is as as bad as you'll see From a centre-back He's all over the place Mark Yeah Easy Mm. ball to deal with He's actually goal side But then loses Dermas Who just Sticks out a foot And controls it (laughs) You've got you, You find it hard To make excuses for that Kind of defending I know he's going through A hard time Some people might say Oh you're picking on the guy I'm sorry, you can't defend that way. Never mind if you play for Celtic or a top side in professional football. If you're a centre half, you can't get away with. But it doesn't matter that. who you play. The, the the career this guy's had, Mark. I 
Honestly, I'm finding it astonishing how bad he's been at Celtic Football Club. I don't. He can't. He can't be the player that we're watching. I know that everybody's saying, "Have a look at him. He's playing and the mistakes he's making." But if you go and look at this guy's career, surely I, I just don't know what's happened to this boy. I really don't, Gordon. I can't. If somebody says to me, "What's it?" You cannot explain. And even that there, that is the worst defending mm. I've witnessed. It's, I mean Alex There was no You don't guarantee anything With any signing yeah. of course Right But if, if Shane Duffy Had come up here And through time You found out That he couldn't quite Play out from the back The way Celtic wanted Or his distribution Was letting him down You could maybe understand mm. that And you could say Yeah people might have Identified it But even there Dermis is a is a, is a, a winger He's yeah. very slight all, all Duffy had to do Was just, just stand behind him Just put a bit of presence On his back And he seemed to just misjudge everything Dermot nicks it round the other side of him Gordon he's actually all over the place Because as Matt said there He was actually in the right place He turns his back on the ball Which allows Dermot to get across the face He's actually facing away from where the ball's coming in And Dermot just takes a nice touch And slots it in <laughs> I'm actually You're actually starting to feel sorry for him now Because he's actually having such a bad time Gordon You've seen images come up on the TV there And you know the guy's exasperated He just epitomises what's going on at Celtic at the moment I would honestly, if I was Neil Lennon, and it's got to this stage, I would I would start playing the young boy Welsh. You know, you're at this Why stage not? of the season exactly, and you're looking to develop players. You're looking to see what the boy Welsh does. He played in a, an old firm game, so why not? You know, take Duffy out, Alex. Right, you're starting to actually feel for Duffy through the mistakes he's making. Play a young boy who you might mm. get some reward playing him from now. Until May Celtic almost level again mm. But a good save From Jack Anik how, how different Does this all feel though Gordon By the way Celtic might kick on And win this mm, game yeah. Comfortably I don't know um, But In the past Celtic would not Probably wouldn't fall Behind at all But then when they got Themselves level They fall behind again The, the fragility Is just there For all to see isn't it but, but What is So different Gordon Now is I don't think it surprises a lot of people now. Yeah. I think that you're going back to Duff. I think Duffy would appreciate getting taken out because well, he see did previously. Yeah. See when you actually look at him there, he knows. And Mark and I looked at HR. We we're not lip readers, but you knew what he was saying to himself. He knows that he's made an absolute blunder. He knows he's under pressure. I think sometimes as a player, you think, Do you know what? This ain't working for me. This ain't in the club for me. I need to get mm. back down the road and start my career again because this is a guy that's played against top, top quality centre forwards. He's played international football. He's played in the English Premier League. He can't be that bad. Yeah, it was a good save that from Jack Anik. Yeah. David Turnbull, often the, the one man who does uh, look dangerous for Celtic. Onto it was his weaker foot, eventually dragged a shot through the legs and Anik had to make a smart save, Alex. It, it was actually a very positive play. I was talking to some friends who watched the game in midweek. Gordon says Turnbull and Sorrow were the standout players. Again, he's the guy that's trying to get Celtic on the front foot. Sometimes when you drag it back across goal like that, but you have to say it was a good save by Alnick who just pushes it wide. Celtic fans tweet us your thoughts The open line will be here at 5 o'clock Still a lot of football to be played But it looks like St Mirren might make it into the break in front Which None of us seen coming at all Maybe it's not as surprising as it once was What's not surprising now for me is I think once it goes 1-1 In normal times You're thinking right Celtic are just going to go and win this game But St Mirren go 2-1 up and nobody's really surprised by it because see when you go to Celtic Park now or Celtic come to your uh, your ground 
with the way they defend, you know you're going to get opportunities against them. And if on the day you can you can stick them away, what a chance you've got of going and picking up three points. Jim Goodwin will be over the moon with his reaction yeah. going to 1-1 one, one, and then all of a sudden 2-1. This is a little bit a concern, yeah. yeah. It's, it's young Kyle McAllister. Uh, they're they're kind of checking out his knee at the oh, moment. And, and I have to say, like he's it. picked up some good pockets in the number 10 position. Clever player drops in and gets him going in another direction. Young Kyle, hopefully he's okay. I've got to say, the saddest thing for Celtic and, uh, and all this is, you know, approaching half-time, you've got to say St Mirren deserve to be in front. If you're going by, if you're going by chances, and when I say chances, attempts and goal, uh, and open play as well, I think St Mirren have looked comfortable in the ball, yeah. defended, you know, very comfortably as well, you know, created a few chances um, where Dennis has, has tested Bain, got a goal... You know, in front by poor defending, but Dermis actually does well to keep his composure. You've seen players thrash at them when they get into those areas, but tucks it away nicely. Also, also as a player, Mark, I think in, in days gone by, and I know we keep harping on about that. You go to Celtic Park, you go to Ibrox. As a player, you're thinking, oh, Celtic will need to be off it, Rangers need to be off it for us to get anything at all here. You know, as long as we don't take a heavy defeat, you're pitching up at Celtic Park as a player now, probably thinking we can go and win this today. Mm. You know, we'll have an opportunity to go and win this game and Celtic are certainly giving them that. But you cannot, I don't care who you are, as much as people will criticise Neil Lennon as a manager and he is a manager and he takes responsibility, when you look at a player with the career that Duffy's had defending that, what chance have you got? Right, we better yeah. round off this teaser. The first half teaser. With Sunday's Scottish Sun. Free goals, pull out, plus Davy Province, Frank and Fearless Column. Since 1980, four players have lifted the FA Cup as captain and played for a team in Scotland. Can you name them? There was first one, Mikel Arteta with Arsenal and Rangers, Roy Keane, Man United and Celtic, Alan Hansen, Liverpool and Partick Thistle, and Kevin Ratcliffe, Everton oh. and Dundee. Did he play for? Everton and Dundee. Oh, wow. never to get that. Listen, there we go. Now remember, that. I think they had to have played in the final. That's maybe something I should have cleared up earlier on. But nevertheless, we got there. Loads of people got it right. Andrew Mulvey, third fastest. Jay McCormick, second fastest. RJ Demon, you are the winner. Well done, RJ. That was a great effort. We've got a good Who Am I coming up uh, in the second half as well. Have we got some. Halftime whistles, where have we got? Where will we go to first? Uh, Livingston, halftime there between Livy and Aberdeen, Fraser Wishart. Livingston nil, Aberdeen nil, no goals, but it's been a really enjoyable game to watch. Two pretty evenly matched sides, a couple of decent chances at either end, and some really good football being played in the midfield area, particularly by Aberdeen. They've looked dangerous when they've gone on the attack. It's been an open game from the start, play moving end to end. The first real chance in the 15th minute, Julian Serrano, he had the ball in the, in the net, but it was disallowed. He ran in behind the defence, he was just a yard offside. If he delayed his run slightly, he was one and one of the goalkeeper, and it was a good finish by Serrano at the near post. Four minutes later, Johnny Hayes flighted a, a cross in from the right hand hand side with his left foot Conor McLennan with an excellent head there's no real pace in the box so he had to generate it himself it hit the underside of the bar bounced out with Strike just standing still watching it Johnny Hayes then had a good chance himself Matty Kennedy did really well on the left hand side low cutback 14 yards out Hayes was just about to strike the ball he seemed to slip and he kicked the ball with his left foot against his right foot and the ball squirmed a bit wide from just about the penalty spot Livingston thought they'd scored when Julian Serrano got to the byline low cross to the front post Scott Robinson got in ahead of Taylor he missed his touch 
touch though and the ball just scrambled across to the back post and Pittman at full stretch turned the ball towards the goal Joe Lewis dived at his post to keep it out the, Livingston said the ball was in but the assistant referee in a really good position said it was not over the line much to the annoyance of the Livingston players and Lewis hurt himself it was a brave save at the post Aberdeen were having the better of the game a number of crosses into the box a number of corners McLennan really lively he was direct running every time he got the ball and turned he was causing worries for Guthrie and Ambrose and it was a really good game with both sides in good form playing well he felt a goal could come at any time but there's some really good defending at both ends to keep the game goalless at half time Dead McInnes will probably be the happier manager no real striker but they've been the better team and played some good stuff throughout the first 45 first goal might decide this game half time Livingston nil, Aberdeen nil. Is it half time at Celtic Park yet? Are they still going? I think they are, but it must be nearly there. Let's get into the championship. Hearts and Fermlin. Uh, it's the break there, Roger Hanna. And it's Hearts nil, then Fermlin nil, and it is all down to one man. Craig Gordon at a time, and Celtic are shuffling between three goalkeepers. The Scotland international is in outstanding form. Two saves in the first minute of the game, and then probably the save of the season. Certainly the best I've seen, Gordon, just before the break, keeping Hearts on level terms. An incredible start. The Fermlin had three chances inside the opening 60 seconds. First, Michael Smith hacking off the line from Declan McManus. In the first of Gordon's saves as he plunged to his left to tip the rebound round the post. The corner then swung in. Up went Ewan Murray, the Fermlin captain, ahead, and again Gordon saving. Hearts took their time to get into the game, and it was really only from set pieces they were posing any threat to the Fermlin goal. Mihai Popescu up at a header deflected over in 14 minutes and three minutes later another header this time from a Stephen Naismith corner smartly pushed out by the Pars goalkeeper Owen Fawn Williams. Uh, Hearts just couldn't make any progress at all in an offensive sense and the Fermlin threatened again eight minutes before the break. Ian Wilson making progress down the right hand side a deep cross beyond the back post and Paul Watson the centre half who'd come up from the back he had a header just off target but the best chance of all four minutes before the break Fraser Murray on loan from Hibernian made progress down the left hand side a pinpoint cross just 4-5 yards out Ryan Dow at the back post powerful header it looked as if it was going to break the deadlock and somehow Gordon got a hand to it and managed to palm it over the bar he ended up in the back of the net Hearts though stayed on level terms Hearts nil and Fermlin nil still playing no half time now at Celtic Park I think let's go there and speak to Jim and Alison Half-time at Celtic Park. Celtic 1, St Mirren 2. Celtic not performing like they did on Wednesday night. Shane Duffy having a nightmare afternoon so far. It was St Mirren who had the best of the early chances. Christian Dennis fires straight at Scott Bain before. Jamie McGrath's shot from outside the box was also saved by Scott Bain. At the end, Mohamed Ilianusi headed over from Lee Griffiths' corner before Christian Dennis gave St Mirren the lead in the 18th minute. A great finish capitalising on some poor Celtic defending. Dennis then had another low shot save before Odson Edward made it 1-1 in the 32nd minute a lovely left footy shot after collecting from Callum McGregor but that was short lived and it was Ilke Dermis that made it 2-1 St Mirren in the 37th minute firing past Scott Bain after as Shane Duffy had an absolute howler then before the break David Turnbull shot from the edge of the box was turned away by St Mirren keeper Jack Anik half time Celtic 1 St Mirren 2 Jim Duffy I suppose we have to start with Shane Duffy well, I think we have to start with St Mirren. First of all, I think we have to give credit to St Mirren because I think they've been absolutely terrific. The Celtic have been poor, but a lot of that is down to you know, the way St Mirren have set up. They've been brave. They've had the, the three against the two Celtic. They've pushed on. Um, they've had players supporting. Uh, Dermis is playing as a wing-back, but he's 
so often high up the pitch against IR. He's, they've had crosses in. McAllister's been busy. Dennis has kept both centre-backs occupied. Uh, you know, so, I mean, all credit to St Mumbai. We have to say that first and foremost. But fr from Celtic's point of view, they've been really poor in all aspects, defensively, in midfield, haven't been creative enough, or dynamic up front, they've been starved of service, that one opportunity for Edward, which is stuck, uh, stuck away. But um, the, the two goals at Celtic have been symptomatic of their uh, performance, defensive performances all season. Um, no pressure on the ball, no aggression, uh, no reading the situation well enough, and basically just not hungry enough to defend. I mean, the second goal, we, we, we know, is, is down an, uh, an error from Shane Duffy. But to me, when McAllister gets the ball to start with, he's got to assess. It's just a little dink. He's going to dink it into that area. Go and commit yourself and deal with it. But he lets it kind of go over his head, and then Dermis gets his body across him. Again, no aggression. And he just kind of almost brushes Duffy aside, smashes it in. And the other thing for me, which, you know, from, from a, a coaching perspective, I look at it, every player kind of turned away from Celtic. There's no one kind of rallying the troops. And even to the point of Shane Duffy, you do feel a wee bit sorry for him at times. Because people should be saying, come on, get yourself going again, get playing again. But we're watching him up here, Alison. A minute or two after the goal, his head's still down. He's kind of punching his thigh with frustration. He knows he's not playing well. So he needs his teammates to help him a little bit. You go through spells in football, and that's when you need your teammates. And it's almost as if there's a team of individuals here at this moment. There's no real unit. So listen, all credit to St Mum. They've deserved it. Celtic's defence has been shocking for the two goals, but St Mum have capitalised on that. The sense of fragility there, and they've taken advantage of it. Neil Lennon's got a lot of work to do at half-time to rally his troops. And, uh, you know, from, from Jim Goodwin's point of view, he'll just want the same again because his team has been immense. St Mirren with the half-time lead here. It is Celtic 1, St Mirren 2. Half-time, Kilmarnock, St Johnston, Andrew McLean. Kilmarnock 2, St Johnston nil. the half-time score here and to be perfectly honest I have absolutely no idea how this is the score because the away side have had all the territory, they've had all the ball and on the very rare occasion Kilmarnock have managed to get out their half they've been clinical with it because within the first minute St Johnston nearly took the lead the ball worked into the box from the left-hand side Ali McCann getting a shot away but that was saved by the feet of Danny Rogers all St Johnston in the opening five minutes and then Kilmarnock managed to break forward first time they got out their own half Chris Burke breaking into the right-hand side of the box fired a low shot across goal and it landed in the bottom corner for 1-0 more St Johnston pressure after that 24 minutes in they had one cleared off the line Guy Melamed hooked a shot over his shoulder when it fell to him from a corner Aaron Tishbola was in the right place to block it and then Aaron Tishbola made his mark at the other end Rory McKenzie's cross was turned goalwards by Nicky Kabamba that was blocked but Aaron Tishbola was on hand in the six yard box to turn that rebound into the back of the net it's been a strange half so far here but I'm sure Alex Dyer will be happy the half time score at the BPSP Stadium is Kilmarnock 2 St Johnston 0 and it's half time between Dundee United and Hibs Dave Galloway half time at Tannadice Dundee United 0 Hibs 1 early chances at both ends uh, for United firstly Butchelet fly from long range and it took a deflection but Marciano touched it over then following a Hibs corner McGregor headed on but uh, in a busy goal mouth the grounded Gogic couldn't force the ball in the visitors took the lead after 21 minutes from another corner Segrist saved McGinn's header but the ball found its way back to McGregor lurking on the edge of the box and he fairly smashed it into the net play has been flowing from end to end in a, a pretty evenly matched contest there was a scare for United when Segrist uh, dropped the ball under pressure 
from Doidge after Boyle's uh, free kick. It ended up in the net, but the referee had awarded a free kick. Lots of effort and application from both teams, but in all honesty, neither goalie's been overworked. It's not been a bad game, though. Dundee United nil, Hibs won. I will do a full roundup of the half-time scores next. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Half time in the Scottish Premiership Livingston 0 Aberdeen 0 Dundee United 0 Hibs 1 Kilmarnock 2 St Johnston 0 And Celtic 1 St Mirren 2 In the Scottish Championship Hearts 0 Dunfermline 0 Morton 0 Are both 0 Wraith Rovers 1 Dundee 1 And Air United 2 Alloa Athletic 1 In the English Premier League Just a couple of games to tell you about Everton 0 Newcastle 2 is finished At half time West Brom 0 Fulham 1 Man City 1 Sheffield United 0 And Crystal Palace 0 Wolves 0 Big 45 minutes coming up everywhere Especially Celtic Park In the second half So next The team with the biggest support In Glasgow and the West This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Let's go back to Celtic Park ahead of kickoff in the second half. Jim Duffy, it's clearly not been good from Neil Lennon's perspective. Bad enough that he would think about going to his bench? Well, I think that there will be a change, but I think that might be enforced, uh, Gordon. Just right on half time, near Beaton struggled. They just seemed to clear the ball and like a long punt up the pitch and then decked it. You know, no one near him. It wasn't a tackle, so I'm, I'm presuming he's either jarred something or, you know, pulled a muscle or something. But uh, my guess, I've seen uh, Welsh uh, getting shouted in. Uh, that surprises me a little bit because I think if you ask anybody, uh, Gordon, any Celtic fan, anybody else, who's Celtic's best defender? You would say Christopher Ayer. I don't think there's any dispute in that. But he's playing it right back and has been for a few weeks. And, and that, that confuses me a little bit. Surely you get your, your best centre-back in, in the central position um, and then you know you can fill in whether it's Ralston or whether it's even Beaton if he has to play out there. Um, so for me, I, I would have moved Ayer back in, but it looks as if Welsh is going to go in for Beaton. Um, I, I don't I don't know if there'll be any other changes, but I, I mean it's, it's more than just changes. They need they need to change the, the, the whole mentality, the attitude, the the tempo. It's been so flat from Celtic. There's been no energy. There's been there's not a player on the pitch you could look and say he's anywhere near the level of performance. Both fullbacks have been ineffective. The midfield, as I said, has been completely dominated by St. Man. St. Man have thoroughly deserved to be in front. I mean, they've controlled the game. They've passed the ball well. They've passed the ball better. But more shots at goal. The more crosses in the box. Um, you know, so overall, you know, I mean, the, the, the Celtic can have no complaints if we've been two-one down at half time. But um, you know, so they have to change, you know, pretty much everything for half time. He, you know, whether they, whether he can still kick a few backsides or no, I'm not sure. Um, but um, they, ha- they, ha- they have to get up to speed. They have to get in about at Mum, uh, as I said, and they have to be a lot more dynamic than they were in the first half and uh, have a lot more uh, penetration, a lot more movement, slicker passing, quicker passing. Because if they don't, they'll be on the back of another defeat, and then that will just bring in e- even more criticism. Even more criticism, Jim. I wonder what that looks like now for the Celtic fans. We've got a long way to go in the game, still 45 minutes, but these types of results are disappointing if they cost you the league, but most people think the league's gone already. What what, what even is the, the outcome today? Yeah, I mean, that's just I think. I mean, you're just trying to build momentum. You're trying to build confidence. I said, you know, the confidence is short. I mean, I mentioned the uh, the situation with, with Shane Duffy. He's just his head down. You can just see him almost. Celtic making two substitutions just to, you know, they're commit uh, Rogic and Welsh. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where 
they need to try and get a bit of confidence going so that there's belief goes back into it. Listen, with Edward and Griffiths up front, there's always a chance you can turn games around, absolutely no doubt about it. But, as I said, I'm still a bit surprised that, not nothing against Wells coming on, obviously, no, no, no issues, a young player getting more first-team opportunities. I'm just still surprised that Christopher Ayer's playing right back. But uh, the teams are out and uh, they're getting ready to set up. So uh, another another big 45 minutes for, for Neil Lennon and for Celtic. Those substitutes, Gordon, are it's uh, near Beaton and Lee Griffiths that have gone off. Tom Rogic and Stephen Welsh, mm. the players to come on. 